0: is a driven women's guide to love life and business hosted by the boss ladies alex and gabby combined their network gathers an array of women from various industries who exemplify strength and tenacity their fun and positive approach to life will awaken the boss in you you're listening to girls gone boss we're ready welcome Thank you, Alex. And welcome, welcome, everyone. We're so excited to have Gata here. Um, It's been kind of serendipitous how it happened, and we'll get into it later. But I just wanted to introduce uh, Gata to our listeners because, you know, most of us have listened to the first episode that we did with her. And she has come so far since then. She's a travel, entertainment, and fashion reporter, journalist uh, for Variety, Billboard, Billboard Latin, Telemundo, Indulge. And, you know, after f- years of interviewing the biggest celebs out there, um, you know, she decided one day, Catita, 2018 was going to be the, the year that That's she was right. going to drop her job at America TV. She was hosting uh, a, a show there and decided that she was going to leave everything behind and head over to London. And here she is today
1: exactly almost what a year since we no it's
2: been longer now right yeah it's been almost
1: two years I moved to London February 10th the same day I recorded the podcast with you girls at Alex's house it was like the first or second episode ever you were the first episode ever I was the first episode ever
2: and you came with your car fully packed like all your belongings yes everything
1: was in my car and I came did the podcast and then went to the airport
2: well, you know what? That shows what a great friend you are because nobody else would have done something like that the day before they're moving across yeah. the country, right? And I, I was all
0: the way in like West Palm. Yes,
2: guys. I live really far away. I live in West Palm Beach and she came all the way over there. So thank you. But I,
0: welcome. Welcome thank to you. this amazing, um, I guess this is like a full circle moment for all of us and for you. And happy birthday, guys. Yeah. Happy birthday. Woo-hoo. For you listeners that are out there, we have a live audience, so it's really cool. They're experiencing what it is to do a live podcast, and but let's just start from the very beginning.
1: I didn't even know what it was like to record a live podcast. It's the
0: greatest yeah. being on my house. I know, <laughs> but with <laughs> more people. <laughs> yeah. So got that. Just let's get started. Talk about your upbringing. Where are you from?
1: Okay, well, um, I'm from Coral Springs. I see a lot of friends in the audience, so it's going to be funny because they already know the story. I'm from Coral Springs which is uh, about 45 minutes north of Miami. And um, I'm um, an only child. I was always just very in tune and um, attracted to working in entertainment. It was always what I wanted to do ever since I was little. My mom has stories and videos and photos of me performing and... uh, getting on the table and doing things and singing and writing songs. And I wanted to be a singer and then I wanted to be a dancer and then I wanted to be an actress. And then, um, I did acting all throughout my teenage years. And then I moved to Columbia, did acting there. And then I moved to New York when I was 18. Um, I worked at a bakery for six months and made enough money to buy a one way ticket to New York and lived in an attic in Queens for two years to make my acting dream come true. But throughout that time, I ran into someone who was teaching me kind of like how to speak to audiences um, and how to project my voice because he heard me singing once at a movie uh, filming in uh, East Harlem. (laughs) And uh, he said, you have a really good projection voice. You should consider going into television. Um, So he trained me for a while on how to do... TV, uh, recording and speaking. And then I found an internship at a place called Do New York where, um, the girl was a TV host and a reporter and she kind of taught me how to put together a report. So that was kind of the first taste that I ever got of anything digital related because it was like one of the very first, um, digital, um, outlets putting out, Uh, informative news for Latinos wanting to travel to New York and wanting to live like a local in New York. So I would have to go out, produce the story around a certain area of New York, film it, write the script, and do everything that I currently do today. Um, Two years went by. I got tired of living in an attic. You know, the struggle is... Yeah, an attic. I didn't know that part of the story. Yeah, 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 yeah. I lived in literally... It was literally an attic. And uh, there was a tiny little bathroom about the size of four of those stools, um, and yeah, I was there for two years and once I moved back to Miami, I just kept enrolling in, I enrolled in communication school because while I was in New York, I was in acting school and in communications and then I left acting fully. I really wasn't as interested in pursuing it and I went into communications. Then I enrolled in FIU in 2014 or 2013, I, I, I can't recall and, um, A year and a half later, I started at the South Florida News Service, which was kind of a newsroom from FIU with an editor who became my mentor. And I was there for the whole semester, accounted as one of the classes. And you could write stories and really get hands on experience of what it's like to be at a newsroom, to pitch a story, to get an editor to really like the story. And, uh, luckily, um, they had a bit of a partnership with, uh, the Miami Herald, with the Sun Sentinel and with a few other, um, South Florida outlets. And all of my stories got picked up by the Miami Herald. So in the, in 2015, I was already talking about moving to Europe and going to London. And my editor still remembers, like, my mentor, she, she remembers, she's like, Kat, you've been talking about it for years because I used to always, always walk into class and be like, oh, I was looking at jobs yesterday in London to work for Elle magazine. Oh, I was this and that London. And oh, I, I just imagine living in London. Like I would always just be talking about London here and London there. And um, I remember I was ready to go spend the summer in London. I had saved up money. I was ready to go. And then like two, three weeks before actually going to London, my editor said, Kat, there's an internship at the Miami Herald and I want to send you. Uh, do you want to go to London or do you want to go to the Miami Herald? And I said, let me, give me, give me a few days to think about it. And then that same afternoon I came home, I told my parents and they were like, "Cat, are you kidding? Like the Miami Herald? And I was, I was like, I don't know. So I called my editor and I was like, yeah, Chris, I'll, I'll take the Miami Herald. London's not going anywhere. What year was that? That was 2015. Okay. I think that's when I met you when you were at the Miami Herald, right? Yeah. Yeah. I was interning. I was actually at the Miami Herald just this past Friday and I, I saw so many people that I worked with and for while I was there. Um, we remembered while I was in, when I was literally just an intern, just an intern. And uh, I went in uh, doing community news, working for the neighbor section. And then after that, I moved forward to entertainment. And um, from entertainment, my first interviewee was Paris Hilton. And then that just like snowballed. It snowballed once I did Paris Hilton. When your first interview was Paris Hilton? <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> She went from the attic to Paris Hilton, guys. (laughs) Hello. (laughs) That's amazing. I just, I remember because it's just so funny. And I didn't really know anyone on the carpet. I was really nervous. It's funny because now you walk on a carpet. You kind of know everyone, right? We all kind of know each other. And I walk and I'm like, oh, hey. And I say hi "Hi," to this person. Yeah, everybody in the industry knows each other. And it's like a close, tight circle. Yeah. And then when they got to know me, it's funny how they would tell me, yeah, you showed up on that carpet. None of us really knew who you were. We were all talking like, who's that girl over there? But now like we're friends like Jose and... So that snowballed. Then a very good friend of mine who's actually here, Romy. Romy! Romy! Shout out to Romy.
0: We love Romy. (laughs) She was also on the podcast, guys. So if you're listening, look for Romina Magorno's episode. She's an amazing entertainment publicist. An
1: amazing, amazing publicist. And she reached out about one of her clients. And I went to cover with a really good friend of mine. We went to his house. And the client was really nice. Everyone was really nice. But the one that I clicked with fully was Romy. It was just like love at first sight. And after that, she kept uh, pitching me and pitching me stories. And I kept going and covering things for her and everything I would do. And then we just developed a really good friendship. So long story short, my uh, what was supposed to be my three-month internship um, at the Herald turned into a year-and-a-half internship. Um, and I was just basically known as the entertainment reporter for the Herald. And I would do some community still. And I just took advantage, did some business reporting. I just wanted to get my feet wet in every single beat so that whatever i ended up deciding on going for i would have stories on either of them on anything so um yeah that's basically what i did so that was like your break into yes. the internship led yes. you to where well to gather the skills that you needed to go and to meet all the people that was how i met you and you know i'm very i'm even the other day i was at a big network and i was talking to everyone and saying hi to everyone and the person that was guiding me through the network. I was like, you talk to everyone. I said, of course. I mean, it's 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 the way I approach and I meet people. And that was kind of what I did at the Herald. Like first, second week in, I was going up to every single editor from every single important beat. And I was like, hi, nice to meet you. My name is Katerina. I'm interning here for the neighbor section. But whatever you need, please let me know. Here's my email. Please let me know. And that was how editors started getting me to do stories for them because they they knew that I was there. I was working and I was happy to do whatever they needed. So that's a good takeaway. It's
0: about building your network and using it like every opportunity can lead you to something new, right?
1: I juiced it. I juiced it. And uh, every red carpet, I would introduce myself to everyone, look at everyone in the eyes, talk to everyone. I got uh, business cards. I would give everyone my business card. And just like being approachable, being um, letting people call me to pitch me a story, letting giving people a little bit of a better approach uh, to journalists because sometimes uh, the relationship between publicists and journalists is a little strange because they feel that we're a little bit distant or we don't want to be bothered. You know, there's, there's a little bit of that there. And I gave them that full, um, that full feeling of you can, you can come to me and reach out to me and let's go have a coffee. Let's go talk. Let's be friends. How can I help you? And you can help me. And from that, I made amazing friendships as well, obviously, because I, I was just very personal with a lot of people. You've cultivated these friendships over the years that
2: have opened new doors for you.
1: Absolutely. I want to know where your obsession with London came from, though.
0: How did that start? What's going on? Because it's all full circle. (laughs) (laughs) Because you're part Italian. So I would think, okay, maybe Italy. But like,
1: okay, London. Let's go there. Okay, Kata,
0: explain to us. (laughs)
1: Um, I'm getting red. <laughs> My obsession with London came from a guy that I met. Ooh, okay. It's always, with it's a guy, always right? about a guy. Oh, right.
0: damn. Yeah.
1: <laughs> came from a guy that I met here in Miami and he lived in London and he kept talking to me about London. Uh, he would say, you know, you want to be a journalist. There is amazing media companies here in London. There's so much going on in the fashion field. There's so much going on in entertainment. This is one of the capitals of the world. This and that. And I was always like, yeah, yeah, I'm not really interested in London. I'm not interested in London. And then one day I was thinking of what can I go do in Europe? I have my, I have my Italian passport. How can I take advantage of this and find something that enriches me as a fashion and entertainment journalist that I want to be? And I started looking up best fashion schools in the world. And the first two or three that came up were all in London. And I was like, oh, he was right. He didn't want to just get me to go to London. He was right. Um, <laughs> and then, um, that was kind of like how it started. Then I started looking for jobs and right away, uh, emailing editors. I went into the magazine websites, looked up at what jobs were, what jobs were hiring, who were the editors for each department. I emailed editors. I still have those emails saved. Did anybody ever get back to you though? Cause that's important to yes. know. They did. Yes.
3: Wow. Okay.
2: Yes.
1: See. And they all said no. <laughs>
3: okay. But they got back to you.
2: Yeah. But they got back to you. So perseverance help
1: <laughs> yes they all got back to me and they all said no they all okay. said they were not gonna hire me for anything okay um which is fine
0: <laughs> but at the time you were going to school oh at
1: the time I was just okay but well, you had a plan
0: you had you went to school
1: yeah okay my plan was go, go in for the kill graduate and then find a really good job in whatever media and my dream was always telemundo that was always my telemundo um so yeah that was how the obsession with London began year after year. I would just, I wouldn't, I wouldn't really uh, find the resources or the time to move. Um, but luckily, after the Herald, a really big dream came true, which was working on TV. Somebody approached me, they found me on Facebook and they said, Hey, why don't I do a TV show for America TV? Why don't you come in and work as a co host for the day? And I was like, This is weird from Facebook. You're like, is this real?
2: Yeah, so some out of nowhere, guy some, guy,
1: some right. guy reached right. out. Yeah, who's a very good friend of mine today. Um, and yeah, I, I, I looked up the show. I looked up everything after he sent me all the links. And I went and I walk in. Rick Sanchez is the host. And I'm like, OK, this is interesting. Um, and I just start doing the show and everything is just flowing, like flowing. My words are flowing. Everything is just, it's like I had been there for years with them. I didn't know the guy that invited me. I met him that same day. I met everyone that same day. Well, after they do the show, um, or not even after. Let's say two two commercials in, um, they go they go to commercial break, and Rick puts the producer on the on the on the mic or whatever, and he says, "Hey, Leti, I really like Katarina. Keep inviting her in." Whoa, that's huge because it's Rick yeah. Sanchez. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> he's pretty so, big here in Miami, guys. If you don't yeah. know him,
1: so um, after that, I. I was kind of like okay I think I I think I I got this I got this gig and yeah every week after that I would go into the show do the show eventually they really liked what I was doing cuz they also started following me on Facebook they started liking what I was posting and the topics that I would talk about and my opinions on the topics which were really raw but still not as all out there I was still you know very ethical in the way I put out my opinions so they started accepting proposals for me and then I started Helping with uh certain friends who maybe had uh artists that they were trying to bring in and, and uh put out on media. I would bring the artists into the show. And then little by little a year went by and I was at America TV. Um around October of 2017. I was like, all right, this is going really, really well. Um I'm probably gonna but sign I still wanna go to London. But I still want to go to London and it's going so well that it's only a matter of time before one of these networks calls me in for a contract signing. So I was like, if I sign a contract right now and it's a 10-year contract or whatever, there's no going anywhere. And
2: you weren't going to say no if you get a 10-year contract, yes.
1: obviously. No. Right? Especially, yeah. not, uh, contract? Especially not if the dream job is... Right. Of course not. So I was like, I need to do this before the 10-year contra- contract. So I just bought a, a round-trip ticket to London and uh, looked up... Uh, specialized courses in the best fashion journalism school in London, which is London College of Fashion. And, um, yeah, I bought the ticket for February 10th of 2018. Um, so so hi. we did the podcast February 17th. No, we no? did it a little bit earlier. We yeah. did it on that same like, day. Well, on weren't the you day. leaving to London the next day? I was leaving the, to London the same day. Yeah. We did the podcast and then I left. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. So I, my, the last thing I had to do on my list of what do I need to do before I leave is go to Alex's house, do the podcast. She has a huge to do list, (laughs)
0: planners
1: and highlighters. I know. I see you, girl.
0: She's very organized. And then, what sign are you? I'm a Scorpio. Oh,
1: any Scorpios in the house? Oh. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, yeah. I mean, I can't even make the long story short. I can just say that I had a round trip ticket. I go to London. I touch down in London. I leave the terminal and I look around me and I'm like I don't think I'm going back home. You That's knew. when you knew. I knew. Okay. Like I I'm knew home. my mom I, I, I knew so much. I was so sure and and let me point you're out mom. let me I'm point out that, that I didn't really tell anyone. It was just very secretive. It was the only ones that I told were t- the TV show and they all said yes. Rick was like you're going to my favorite city go cat, you have nothing to lose, go now. Everyone was like, go now, go, 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 do it. Um, And yeah, what I did was I said, okay, I've never been to London. I don't know if I'm gonna like it. I'm gonna pack two suitcases and I'm gonna pack just enough for the three weeks, but I'm gonna make sure that it's enough so that I can stick it out if I decide to stay longer, however much time I stay. So yeah, my last day at America TV was November 9th. They probably have the footage of me crying on camera. Rick telling everyone on camera that I was going to leave to London for what could or might be for life. Like he that's I'm crying right next to him, thanking him, thanking everyone. And then, yeah, he knew he definitely knew. And uh, yeah, I touched down in London and I'm like, I'm not going back home. I was in that taxi cab and I was just looking outside the window and I was like, no, there's no way I'm going home. Okay, but wait, were you still talking to that boy? No. (laughs) (laughs) He was in the past. (laughs) He was in the past. So you get to London. You go to the school. I get to London. So it's really weird how things end up happening because I I bought a three-week flight just enough to, um, to see London and to also do the school. But it turns out they moved the course the whole three weeks to another three weeks. So I had to buy another return flight. And I was supposed to stay there for six weeks. So I was supposed to come back at the end of March. So I bought a weekend trip to Paris. I bought another weekend trip to Munich to see a friend of mine that was living there. And then I was supposed to, yeah, I got back. I did the course for three weeks. Same thing. Went up to my professor. Hi, nice to meet you. I'm Katerina Valzano. I'm a journalist. Always like that. Um, and then once I finished the course, it was time to go back home. And I was like, I'm not going to the airport. <laughs> so I'm and not. And you had
0: zero plans at this zero point. Zero plans.
1: I walked into London with $700 and no plans. And I knew two people, a cousin and a family friend who was and married. How many dollars
2: did you have by $700? that point? No,
1: when you were done, like at the end of your three oh, weeks, like maybe, nothing. I'm maybe sure. 200. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> maybe. Uh, Yeah. So I was like, okay, I, I, need, a, I, I need a plan because I'm not going home. That's all I knew. Okay.
2: So tell us about your hardships and, like, everything that you experienced. Because I know that yeah. it wasn't no. as, like, rainbows and butterflies no. as you had anticipated it would yeah. be. And how those things really changed
0: yeah. you.
1: So And culturally, there was a oh, lot yeah. of roadblocks as yeah, well in a yeah, different yeah. country, you know. So by April... I had already decided, okay, I'm staying. You know, March went by, then April. I had to come here because I was uh, chosen as panelist for a, for a fashion uh, panel for Hispanicize last year. Okay. So I'm like, I still have to go back to Miami for a week. A week before I get back, one of the biggest music uh, music uh, editors uh, for one of the biggest music magazines we know emails me personally and says, Kat, we're looking for a deputy editor. Please apply. What's a deputy editor? Just her, assistant, her assistant editor. Nice. So it's the editor, and then okay, right there. I, I flip out. I'm like, I think why I know who that this, person is. We all do. Why? I was like, why? Why now that I'm in London? Does this, why couldn't this happen three months ago? I wouldn't have left for London. I would have signed a right. contract, right? right? So, throughout the time I'm in Miami, everyone's like, "So are you staying? Are you going?" And I would just look at them and be like, "I don't know. I I got a really good job offer." at a really good place. And I don't know. And a lot of people were, most people said to me, Kat, take it, like, take it. And I wasn't even giving out names. I was just like, it's this position. It's a deputy editor position. That's all I would say. Everyone's like, Kat, take it. How are you not going to take it? And I was like, cause I want to stay in London. My gut's telling me to stay in London. And like two people told me to stay in London. One of my friends who's a nomad who like travels the world on a sailboat. And the other one is Annie Vasquez. The fashion the poet. The fashion poet. We also have an interview with her
0: on the podcast. So if you want to listen to her episode,
1: Annie, I ran into Annie at a Hispanic. Yes, she's amazing. I ran into her at a Hispanicize event, and uh, she she looked at me in the face. She's like, "Cat, when in the world are you going to have another opportunity to live in London and do what you're doing?" She's like, "And I'm a little witchy like that, and you're going to end up doing she TV anyway." Super witchy. Yeah, very yeah. witchy. She's like, "I'm a little witchy like that, and you're going to end up doing TV anyway." She's like, "Stay." Point is, I end up not pursuing uh, the position. I'm like, all right, going back to London this time means I'm really going to stick this out. I'm really going to do this, and I'm going to do whatever I need to do to make this happen. That was April of last year. Obviously, I start emailing people. I'm like, let me start. So everyone, MTV, like everyone I can think of, I would email and I would apply. I applied to maybe 70 positions. 70 positions in all the major networks I would reach out to people uh especially here my contact Alex is one of the contacts I reached I reached out to everyone I can think of only two people were willing to help me one of those being Alex and someone else um yeah and um you know put it put in a good word for me but still I didn't I didn't nobody was giving me the chance nobody even wanted to know anything about me nobody cared nobody cared because I wasn't British. I didn't speak British English and I wasn't I didn't look like them. I didn't speak like them and I didn't interview people that they cared about because I'm an expert in the Latin market. So it it was just so complicated to explain to them what I had done in Miami. They didn't care and they didn't want to care. They were just like, get out of here, go swing on trees in Columbia like you probably do. Wow, so it's that much discrimination? Absolutely, for, la- for Latinos over there. It's not so much. Uh, it's not so much direct discrimination because they're very polite. It's very hostile discrimination. It's very. Uh, oh, like aggressive, like passive aggressive, super wow. passive aggressive. So it's not. It's very much a. Oh, you know, you're being very rude to me, and then they turn around. I'm not rude. I'm educating you type oh, of behavior. That's, that's really rude. <laughs> yeah, it's extremely rude. I'm educating you. They're smacking you in the face. Yeah. Not everyone is like that, but you do run into that. And personally, it was my first time dealing with that because I've always been very native to wherever I've lived. I lived in Colombia. My Spanish is fully fluent. I didn't really feel discrimination. I speak fluent English as far as I'm concerned and my English is very good. So in America, I didn't feel that type of discrimination. So it was my first time experiencing what an immigrant feels like in another country and, and feeling like you're the outsider and we're not going to tell you, but this is why we're not hiring you. And this is why we're not giving you the chance because you don't deserve it. You're a Latina. So, uh, that hit really, really hard. Um, but I was, that kind of wasn't what, what got me down so much, but I, I ran out of money by like, let's say by May. I was living at a cousin's house. And by then I was like, I need, like, I need money for the next few months. What do I do? What do I do? So I got a job at a, at a store. I got a job at a retail. I started working retail. Um, I worked retail for like three or four months, but rent in, in Miami, super exp- in, uh, in London is, is expensive. Um, so honestly, what I was making monthly was, oh, I also got an internship. I was like, I need to start meeting people. The only way I'm going to get in is through an internship. I was kind of like taking in the same mold that I did with the Miami Herald. Internship, met people, did what I needed to do. Same thing. What am I going to do? I'm going to go work for free for someone. So I went and worked for free for a fashion PR agency. And that fashion PR agency had clients like Kylie Jenner Stylist, Dua Lipa Stylist, uh, Migos. Uh, and I was starting to network with, with certain people. Um, but it was, it was same thing. He, my, my boss or that person that had the agency looked at me as this little helpless Latina. So he would very much ask me to like clean his kitchen for him or things like that, that were just, I just didn't understand how someone in PR could treat someone so terribly. Um, it got to the point where he owed me money and I didn't have money for the bus. And he was like, well, if you don't have money for the bus, you can walk yeah but he yeah. owed you like your salary but he like, owed your me, payroll. I mean it got to, i i just I don't know how well he was doing financially, but the point is that he didn't have money for the plastic bags for the stylists to come in and uh pick up the clothes for his clients, so he asked me to lend him like twenty pounds, and uh he didn't have the money to pay me, and I didn't have money for the bus because I was working for free for forty hours, and then the other eight or sixteen hours of the week, I was working at a at a store. Um, which gave me enough money just for rent. Um, so I, at the end, I was like, "Can you please give me the twenty so I can come into the office?" He's like, "No, you you can walk." Um, and yeah, that that was summer of last year. So summer of last year, I was working at a at a store, sixteen to twenty hours. I was forty hours a week at an internship, and I was literally making enough money just to pay rent. And um, I kind of had no money for transportation because the little bit of money, which was like 80 pounds, 200 pounds a month, I would use just for food. And I would have to shop at like the cheapest supermarkets. I'd like ration out my meals to make sure that I had enough for like lunch and dinner every day. I couldn't. So it was a humbling experience. Like, Absolutely. Basically... I, had never, I had never had to say to myself, oh, you can't eat this because then you're not going to have dinner today.
0: Wow. So that's where you started to tell me you shared very intimately about like depression and it started to set in, right?
1: I mean, I would get sad sometimes, but I was so driven to making things happen. And I was so, I was so, um, you know, I, I, I was so decided on what I wanted to do that I, I wasn't even that depressed yet. I was just trying to think of, okay, what am, what am I going to do? Let me branch out. Survival and find mode. Out. Survival mode. Absolutely. I wasn't even sad or depressed by then. Sometimes I would, I obviously I'd, I'd wonder and I'd be scared and I'd be wondering, did I make the right decision? I'd probably be at a TV network right now. I'd probably be a deputy editor right now. Did i I'd sit on my couch and be like, Oh my God, cat. Like, but I had made such an adult decision by then. And I had done it like on my own that I was like, I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to tell anyone. And I'm gonna, not going to sit down and ask anyone for money. I'm going to do what I need to do. Whatever. So you I need never to, called I'm, your mom or anything. I, I would cry to her sometimes. Yeah. Like she would like if anyone knows the whole story, it's my mom who's crying. Yeah. She's crying right that now in the audience. That. She's crying, guys, well. because I'm sure you're
0: so proud of her. Uh, so she she knows. Oh, um, i crying too now. We always cry on this podcast. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Do you oh, want We need more frozeos over here. <laughs> no, but but yeah. So your mom was like. You're, you know, yeah, yeah, no, in it she, through the whole journey.
1: Yeah, of course. My mom was in it, and obviously, and, and my friends, my friends Carlos and Adam. Carlos is here Carlos too. Carlos is here too. What would Carlos tell you? I want to know Carlos's Carlos is Carlos always has amazing things to say. Uh, uh, always encouraging, very encouraging. My friends are extremely encouraging, and I always thank God that I met them because,
0: So, truly, you know, for our listeners, I
1: think it's important for us to always know
0: when we're going through something there's certain people you know to call. Oh, yeah. And there's certain people you know not to call because some people can totally derail you and oh, give yeah. you this negative energy, right? Yeah. So um, that's important to know yeah. and, dis- and, and discern who, okay, who should I talk to right now? Because easily you could have called other people that could have told you, girl, leave. You're no, never going to. No, I
1: mean, yeah. thankfully I know who to call and I know when to call them. Um, um, so eventually, thankfully, I found a job thanks to my digital expertise at a kickboxing studio. And uh, I fell in love with kickboxing. Then everyone started seeing me kickbox all day. Obviously, like, dropped some weight. Because all I would do was kickbox. And, uh, and help. I eat. And, <laughs> and, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then by then, um, I... Yeah, I started working there. But it was like 60, 70 hours a week. The owner of the studio definitely saw me as a... Um, As a prey, and I was treated very, very poorly as well. Very, very poorly, screamed at, called a lot of names. And that was where I started hearing a lot of, I don't like this, this is terrible, you're not good, you just don't care, all the time from him pounding me in the head with things, yelling at me, a lot of yelling. So though financially I took a breather because I started making an okay income emotionally and mentally I was just like taking the pounds like you suck you're terrible you're terrible you're not good at this you're not a good content creator you don't know what you're doing and you need this job because you're not going to find anything anywhere else that anyone's going to give you anything because you're just not good so it was a lot of me going into the bathroom crying my eyes out crying like crying for 15 minutes like crying and then getting back up and taking a breather and just going back upstairs and, and dealing with 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 being so dehumanized because it was, it was a dehumanizing treatment. I wasn't greeted when, when he walked into the room. He greeted everyone else I wasn't greeted. Um, it was just very much like that. Six months went by. We're at February, we're at March of this year, end of March. And two, week, two weeks before the end of March, I, I, I was like, I can't take this anymore. I was like, if I, if I continue this, I'm, I'm going to kill myself. Like, I can't, I can't do this. I, I cannot take this. I will go back home. That was when I was like, I will go back home. So I, I gave them two weeks. I said, you guys have two weeks. In these two weeks, I'll give you these that many That was projects. nice of you. Yeah, I know. That was very nice. I know. I gave them two weeks and um, I left. And thankfully, one of the instructors at the studio um, walked upstairs one day and saw me on the floor crying because everyone would leave at like five or six and I would stay alone till they would close. I was working long, long hours. And, uh, yeah, I would get there at 10 or 11 and leave at nine o'clock at night every day. Like I would live in the studio and she found me crying, just broken down. And she, she, she goes, "Cat, what's wrong? And I tell her what, what's happening. And she says to me, you know, there's another studio looking for someone to do marketing. Um, do you want me to recommend you? And I was just scared and I was crying to her and I was like, I don't know, man, I just feel like I'm not good enough. I just, I, I feel, I, I, I feel like nobody's ever gonna give me the chance anymore. I don't I don't know. I was confused, I was scared. I was like, do I go back to Miami? Do I stay, like, what do I do? All I know is I need to leave here because I'm not appreciated and I, I'm terrible at my job, so I need to leave. So I left and um, I gave myself three months. I said, I'm gonna give myself three months to find a client and to get this company going. I was in a really bad depression. My mom, again, was the only one who saw me at such a low point because it was a really, really low point. I didn't want to leave the house. I didn't want anything. I I just, I had so many doubts about myself, about who I was, about what I could do, about what I could provide, about what I could become. I couldn't even believe that I had done anything in my... I just believed I, I didn't see a way out. I didn't really see a way out. And uh, I left this place March 29th. And by the following week, the other studio hired me. And uh, it was the best thing that could have happened. Um, obviously, complete change of energy. The people I was working with, extremely respectful. I still work with them. Uh, extremely respectful, very receptive to my ideas. Just a, complete, a completely different experience and reaction to anything I had experienced within six months. But obviously, the PTSD was there. So I was still very much paranoid. I was still very much afraid that if I turned in a newsletter or if I did something that they were going to walk in and scream at me and, you know, slam the table. I was just very afraid. And it took me a really long time to realize that those people that I was working with now weren't the people that I was working with before. These people actually care. They care about my ideas. They cared about what I was doing. And they gave me the freedom to to continue uh, working in media and in, in journalism and everything that I had set out to do in London, because that was that was the plan. The plan was to just create content for agencies through my company. It was, or for anyone through my company, the plan was work in, as a journalist in London. Um, so, so then you
0: you have told me too, that obviously you've had bad experiences and it's been mostly like with men and the, and it's crazy because I haven't had the same experience where I feel that the mentorship or the help has come from women, right? But you said that women have been so key in your group. Absolutely. Growth, Absolutely. Um, which took you to this new gig, which is huge with variety. Yeah. So talk a little bit about how women have impacted you and how helping each other can obviously like help community and, and continue to like just, you know, for our own journeys.
1: So I think that obviously when you're at low points, um, you know, Daniel Habif? He's uh well he's 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 a Venezuelan uh he's kind of like a poet he he does speeches he speaks a lot and the other day I read a quote about Daniel that said I'll say it in Spanish cuando estamos en los puntos más bajos no nos damos cuenta o nos podemos dar cuenta que son nuestros encuentros más íntimos con Dios like when we're at the lowest points is when we have to realize that we're at our most intimate moments and encounters with God and that is very much true I had a very um a, I, I grew spiritually a whole lot throughout that year because that was the only thing that kind of kept me grounded. Prayer, reading, understanding that there's a reason why I'm going through this. There's a re- there's something that I need to learn, whether it's humility, whether it's compassion, whether it's empathy. I don't know what I have to learn, but there's a whole lot. And just I was just open to taking it all in and understanding. Um, and... I'm, I'm very much someone who, what, regardless of the experience that I'm going through, whether it's a positive one or a negative one, I always say, seek the lesson. That's something that's very much something that I tell people all the time, seek the lesson in whatever it is that you're going through and understand why. And um, I'm very receptive to things that happen and I like to reflect a lot. So my reflection on everything that I've been through is that there's always been a woman helping me through whatever process it is. Um, while I was at the studio, there was a woman that was helping. While I was going through that hard patch, a woman was listening and kind of helping me through it emotionally. When I left, a woman helped me get to the other studio. When I get to the other studio, two or three women that are editors were totally open to my ideas for media. A woman was the only one there was one woman and one man but he's been the only man of any that was willing to send that email that was alex by the that way. that was alex so it's just it's i think that my story is a testament of what women can do when we when we're willing to help each other without envy selflessly and someone who i think is extremely selfish again is my friend romina
0: Romina I know she was key she was key in helping her get to that next level Romy and
1: has been key throughout my whole career and she knows it and I tell it to her all the time and I, I owe it to her because Romi has been key throughout my whole entire career and she didn't know it when she reached out to me she didn't she's hearing this just like you're all hearing this for the first time but when she reaches out to me I just I, I just really appreciate that whenever she gets um, a cue as to some editor needing something. She always thinks of me. So she reaches out to me out of nowhere, sporadically in like April or May. Hey, hey, Kat, uh, Variety's, um, yeah, Variety's looking for a writer. I told them, I told them about you. Can you please email them like that? I email the editor and then, yeah, next thing you know, in May, I'm in meetings over the phone. In July, they're like, cat we want to work with you and there's this huge piece that we want you to work on. And I was more than honored to do it. And it's the really big Latin Grammys piece that came out and that was career changing as well. You know, I got published in, in, um, in like Abu Dhabi and in, in all over, all of everyone read that story. And it was, it was just kind of like a, a life a, a shift in my career in many ways. And again, the woman that I'm working with, the editor that I'm working with, she is just like a phenomenal human being, very open to my ideas, very receptive, incredibly kind. And um, it's it's just such an honor to be able to finally pursue what I wanted to do, plus more, so much more. You know, I got the gig with Telemundo, another woman at Telemundo. It was, it was one man and the women that came after him, all very receptive, very happy to hear my ideas. And they all gave me the yes. And I start working for Telemundo. Another huge dream come true. It was always what I wanted. And um, to be able to, to write for American media in the UK is amazing. I still would love to work for UK media. But to be able to work for American media is, is amazing. And um, yeah, that's, that's, that's where I'm at right now. I'm very, very happy. My life took a really big shift this, this year. The beginning I mean, of this year, you were year. just at the EMAs,
0: yeah. on the red carpet, and yeah. tell us about that experience because I was watching it through your IG stories, and I was like, "Oh my god, I can't believe got that us there!" Yeah, it was
1: just very exciting because at one point I, I, I was so doubtful that I would ever be able to do anything like
0: that ever again. By
1: the way, that it's the European Music Awards, it's the European MTV. Music Awards from MTV. Yeah, they produce it there. Um, also, a group of amazing women are spearheading. Um, a lot of things that MTV and the experience of working with them was fabulous. And, um, yeah, I was there. I just, more than interviewing celebrities, which I've done before and anything like that, it was me telling myself, "A cat, you did it. You did it. You did, you did, you did what you, what you put yourself out to do. You went through it. And obviously things were going through my head the whole time. I was like a year ago, a year ago, I was, you know, I was, Doubting everything about myself. I was uh low energetically, low on income, low on everything. I was, I was, it, it was a really, really hard patch for me. And also I think the reason why I, I lost some weight was because I I I took in what I could, which was kickboxing, and then with the other studio, it's boxing. And I would just grab those bags and tear, tear them up. That's and how of you just were like, hitting up. Yeah, of course. It was just, it was the rage. It was the rage. And, and, uh, but I fell in love with exercise, which I'd never done before. And with fitness, I'm very in tune with the fitness scene in London now. I know a lot of amazing people that work in it. It's a really big scene over there. And, um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm so happy. It's things turned out 10 times better than I could have ever imagined. My idea when moving to London was, I just want to go to London and, and work for one media company and, uh, be a journalist there. I never thought it would be, I just, I'm I'm in London and I own my own media company and my clients are A, B, and C. And I also write for uh, DEF. The publication, and... biggest
0: publications in the world right yeah. now.
1: So, so yeah, you see how
0: God is very loyal. He gives you more than you can even ask
1: for. Yeah, but also, also I think resilience. I think it's resilience. I think it's um, putting your eye on it and being willing to go for it. Just being the other day, I was at a really big network and I... I didn't tell the story. This is the really, this is really the first time I fully tell this story. Um, But I was telling him kind of like how I work, the dynamics of how I work, how I make an approach, how I pitch a story. And he looks at me and all he said is, you're a freaking predator. And that's, I mean, I I felt that because I was like, yeah, I am. Like if I say I'm going to do something, like don't take that lightly. I will move across the world and do it. And I will do whatever I need to do (laughs) to do it. But okay. So
0: yes, a round of applause. (laughs) And, you know, advice for any listeners who might be at that rock bottom now, what advice would you give them?
1: I think, um, again, it's it's um, I don't want to say cheesy things, but it's it's understanding that we all have individual processes. We all have individual processes. There's reasons why we have to go through certain certain moments. And and you just take advantage of those moments to 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 be receptive and to understand why, like, why do I need to be hungry right now? Like why like what do I need to learn that this is like this is what I need to go through to teach me this. Um so I I that's my advice not giving up like you're going to get so many no's. I was just telling someone. You're going to get so many no's and so many people aren't going to believe in you. Most people don't believe in you. Most people don't. Well, you believe. have to
2: believe in yourself. This
1: morning, I was thinking a friend who was telling me happy birthday. And I was like, you know, I was like, I, I, I don't have much time to see many people on this trip because I'm, I'm working. But I really do want to see you and and give you a personal hug and a thank you because you saw me when I was invisible.
0: Oh, there's so many people out there who feel invisible. Yeah. So this is going to yeah. be really important for them.
1: Yeah. And I, I'll never forget those that, that did give me that chance, you know, and and to me, my work is fueled by that, by making those people look good, by, by because it, I've gotten so many no's and so many people have rejected me that those people that do say, hey, you know, you've got it, including that editor from that magazine, who has also been a huge influence and a push and... Um, someone who has always given me a yes and said, go for it, um, unexpectedly. Um, I, I don't forget those people ever. I'll, I'll never forget people that are, that are there because I know what it is to have nobody nobody be there.
0: Wow. Well, that's big. I'm so happy that you are using this platform to tell your story and to encourage yeah. those out there that may be wanting to say like, you know what, forget it. You didn't do that no. and that's where you are today. Yeah. Had you said forget it, we wouldn't be talking yeah. right now about yeah, this. Yeah, I agree. I totally so, agree. So it props be part to you. Of your
2: story. You yeah. also have such a beautiful heart, Gata. And Thank you. I think that that really shows in all of your writing and all of your stories and all the relationships that you have built with people.
1: Thank you. That's so very much.
2: important too, too, for all the listeners to know. Like, you're a really good person.
1: on that Yeah, side. I, I just, I really, really, I'm very spiritual. Again, and my promise to God is always. You're gonna make me cry, girl. Um, My promise to God is always, please, God, make make what I want a reality. And I promise you, I will always continue being the person that I am. I will always be approachable, be personable, be a kind human, like kindness, you know, kindness, because we we don't have a lot of it. And I think our industry is very dense. I talk about it a lot with Romy. It's a very dense industry and people, because of ego or maybe because sometimes they get defensive, people forget that you have to be human. There's humanity that's a lot more important than whatever celebrity status that you have or whatever popular status that you have or whatever social media status that you have. And and people lose that. People really, really get lost in it. And I, I always, always just try and keep myself grounded regardless of where I end up, regardless of, I just always want to be the same person.
0: Ditto, ditto. I want, I, I aspire the same. Yeah, That's beautiful. I think. We can open if anybody has a question for Gata. You can come up and talk into the mic. So here, I'll, I'll help. Yeah. You. I got it. Can it go for it? Okay. Say your name, introduce yourself, and then ask a question.
1: Well, my makeup is probably all over the place. You look
0: beautiful. <laughs> Ugly crying. No, it's okay. <laughs> Ugly crying is acceptable. <laughs> um, well, thank
3: you for everyone who showed up, and thank you for hosting this uh, event. I'm glad to finally have been able to meet Gata because I've known you for two years now. Um, through social media. So, um, my question to you is because hearing your words of your journey and the obstacles that you've gone through have been very powerful. Um, and you refer to the moments, like the low points of your life and you refer to like your spirituality to give you the comfort and the strength to move forward. So I, this morning I was listening to Oprah's like Eckhart Tolle's podcast or Super Soul Sunday. I love, Sunday. Her. I love, love that. her. If anybody hasn't listened to Super Soul Sundays, please uh, listen to it. Do it all the time. <laughs> yeah. It's like going to church. Um, and so Eckhart Tolle talks about um, just like the awakened self and the self that you are before you are awakened. Yeah. Um, typically for me, I've noticed like I've been going through this transformation of going through the process of awakening just because I've dealt with a lot of like personal obstacles, and I feel like. The same can apply to your life. So my question is more so, who were you before? And I feel like now, who are you now in this process of growth? And what is a lesson that you would say can apply to other people that are going through similar feelings?
1: It's funny because I woke up this morning and, again, it's my birthday. And, and I was thinking, you know, I'm, I'm at a really great age, I feel like. And I've, I've accomplished so much. But I was thinking, I wonder what I would have done at 21 or 22, which I've had the same drive my whole life with the experience that I have now. Um, I think that who I was before was just someone that was very, um, very centered. I've always been very centered and uh, very uh, willing to go for whatever I need. But now I just, I know how strong I am. I think that's what, happens when you're when you hit rock bottom and you're like oh my god where like where do I grasp onto to help me up and you're like I'm not grasping onto anything because there's nothing I'm the one who needs to get up and go so that's that's what I am now I'm just I'm I'm strong and I I it's like newfound confidence I yeah, feel like yeah, going yeah. through like
0: Things that are bad in your life or roadblocks, I feel. And you get through them and you're yeah. like, damn, how did I get through that? Yeah. It just it gives you confidence. I'm
1: resilient and I'm not afraid to say it. I'm not. It's not, oh, my ego. No, it's, it's I really look at myself and I say, holy cow, I'm resilient. Because I think about just a year, what can happen in just one year. One year ago, I was in a completely different state. Mentally, physically, where I was working. I was working at a clothing store, fighting with the manager because she wanted me to... Well, they call it hoovering to vacuum the floor. And I couldn't I can't vacuum close up without uh, something on my face because I'm allergic to dust. And then now, like, here I am. Now you're like at the EMA. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And those were the things that were going through my head at the EMAs. Those were the things that I, I wasn't more Dua Lipa's a babe, but I didn't care about Dua Lipa. In my head, I was like, oh, my God, look at like look at what I did in a year for by not giving up. And by taking the hits, by I all took the, all the hits doors. and bowed my head and took it, took it as it came. I was like, I'm going to take it all, do what I need to do, but I'm going to get there. I don't know how I'm going to get, but I'm going to get there.
0: Resilience.
1: Any other question? I have one. Come up,
0: Romina. <laughs> Romina, can you have the mic?
2: Romina wants say to that. know why why she why she didn't call her and tell her that this was happening to her. All her heart I
1: Honestly, I think it's because it's what I kept telling myself. Like, Kat, you made an adult decision. You just made a really big adult decision. You're not going to go calling everyone crying. You're going to do it. So it was, it was just that. It was just me telling myself, like, besides calling, having a 10-minute pity party, or maybe it was a three-hour pity party with my mom, I, I, I want to do this. And I, yeah, I, I, I didn't want to look weak. I guess it's an ego thing, but I didn't want to look like I was giving up. I, I, I would cry, and then I'd be like, nope. Come on, you can do it. Come on, same thing. I'd walk into the bathroom, cry fifteen, cry my eyes out for fifteen minutes. And then I'd go in, wash my face, and walk back upstairs. Yeah. And if you're gonna go cry, cry outside, right? Yep. You heard that before. Yeah, I did. You hear cry that and then
0: come back like nothing. Like hey, <laughs> yeah. Any other questions? Carlos, come on up. Woo-hoo! Woo-hoo! That's A my man best friend. On the guys, that's my best friend. Oh. This is her best friend, guys.
1: Carlos Gaviria, Brentwood, New York. (laughs) Good morning, everyone. Um, First of all, I want to say I'm super proud of you. And uh, hearing your story in its totality makes me appreciate that much more all the work that I've seen you put in and obviously all the success that you've had over the years because you didn't just become successful. You've been successful for a really long time. And... Part of the reason that you've been successful is because you're so headstrong and you're a predator. You know, you set your sights on something and you make it happen. So I'm curious, how do you balance between advice that people give you, whether it's good or bad advice? Like, how do you know when to take that advice and just to, like, beeline for what you want, which is many times what you do? It, I, it, it depends on who the person is. My mom, I would have never told mom, I have no money for, for, for lunch or dinner because she would have been like, are you in your mind? Come back home. What are you doing in London? Forget London. Come back home. So I think it was just me balancing out who do I, who do I say what to, who do I, who do I ask to, but for, regarding career advice, regarding um, life advice, that's why I sometimes go to you because I look up to you and the things that you've done and where you've come from and I know that you're going to give me good advice. I think the other one is just going to people that you genuinely know want the best for you, and that's hard to find. Oh God, that's so hard to find. Trusting people um, and being vulnerable around people oh, because yeah. this is like things that you don't typically want to share because no.
0: we're like typically seen as these strong as women, a strong, yeah, works
1: in entertainment, right? Like, look right, at her. You she was at red carpets at the billboards, and now she's at crying she's cleaning and cleaning yeah. a bathroom at Costa in London. Like, it's it's. Yeah, because I also did that. I didn't mention that, but I did clean a bathroom at at a coffee shop. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, it's 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 that it's it's knowing who to take advice from. But knowing that sometimes those same people that you're confiding in because you love them and they love you, they might just give you more emotional advice because they want to see you okay rather than just suffering. Um, But that really is like what it is. It's, it's a, I think it's, it's when it comes to advice, it's it's a, it's a feeling thing. It's, it's, does this person genuinely want the best for me? Does this person really want to see me do better? I know this person would never say something to me to hurt me. And I know this person isn't going to go out and tell everyone what I'm going through. I know they're going to save it and they're going to high five me once I'm out of the pit.
0: Oh, that's beautiful. One more question. If anyone has a question, come on up. Introduce yourself, please. I'm Danny Rios. I know Kata since college. I'm gonna take it back
3: to FIU. What advice would you give people now graduating communications? Because we get taught something completely different to yeah. what the real world
1: is. Um, I say be willing to work a little bit for free. A little bit. I did it here and I did it in London. Uh, and thanks to that little bit of work that I did. I met certain people, certain editors, certain things that, that took me to the next level. I say, nobody cares that you're the most beautiful person physically. Nobody cares that you have money or not. Nobody, People just want to know that you have good work ethic, that you're a good writer, that you're loyal, that you're not a sellout, and that you're not going to sleep your way to the top. And I think that's the advice I can give anyone looking to get into any field in media. It's, you know, have self-respect, bring your best cards to the table, always be prepared and be ready to work your ass off. I've been at this for 10 years. The sit and start yesterday. The first internship I did for free in New York, I was 18 years old, working for free, living in an attic. I started in an attic and little by little, so... And it's it's an ups and downs process. Uh, The media industry is complicated these days. There's not much money or much budget for certain things. Some people don't want to pay you for things. You have to earn your respect. Um, And then maybe they'll start paying you. But um, yeah, just that's that's the advice I can give. Be ready to work your ass off, literally. And just create contacts. Contacts are everything.
2: Can I add something to that? Um, to everybody listening, also, I think a good piece of advice is don't just take on an internship and just sit there. Yeah. You have to do what Gata did, and it's introduce yourself to everybody around you. Yeah. Because those people are going to give you those opportunities, and that's super important, too, because no one's going to not talk to the person that doesn't talk to anyone. You're just wasting your internship away.
1: And I think the other one is that every someone is always watching you. Yes. Don't ever think people aren't watching. Like, if you're going to go to an internship and go on Facebook and look at photos or be on Instagram all day. No. And come in with new ideas, come in with innovative ideas. I was the first one at the Miami Herald that opened a Snapchat for them. You guys don't have Snapchat here. Let's open Snapchat. I didn't charge them extra. I did not nothing. Let's, let's just open Snapchat and see how it goes with Snapchat. So I think it's, it's just being that person and understanding that someone's always watching you. I'll never forget when I left the Herald to freelance there's someone at the Herald who's very, very high up. I maybe spoke to him three times. Very, very, very little bit of quick interaction. He knew I was the intern there. And then I was, I was recommended to someone who needed a social media assistant for a big event. And after the event and everything, I asked her, I was like, hey, who recommended me to you? How did you hear about me? And she said, well, uh, Pepito Perez recommended you he said you were uh, quite the go-getter three interactions yeah, right. minimal interactions I I don't even know how he knows I'm a go-getter I don't even know where he got that from I have no idea but the fact that he has that perception of me is is the world means the world to me the fact that someone is willing to give me such a big project like writing a six-page article on the 20th anniversary of the Latin Grammys without working with me once, because they confide in someone else who recommended me close-eyed means that means the world to me. That means that my hard work and my work ethic is taken into account by people. And that is all I've ever worked hard for. I don't care about the recognition. I don't like all of that is fun. But what I really care about is that my work ethic is, is, is stands alone and is solid and, and grants me the projects that I want to pursue. Your work speaks for itself. Yeah. Perfect. Thank you, Kata. No, thank you, girls, so, so much. Here. Thank you. I hope this birthday is memorable. So memorable, so so memorable. And then
0: I hope a year from now we get to talk to you and talk more. Yeah. And see you on E News or something, because I know that's one of your dreams too. That is one of my dreams. So thank you again for your time, and we commend you for all your hard work. Thank you. You're a star. Thank you. And we're happy to see your growth here on Girls Gone Boss. Thank you
1: so much. Tell everyone where they should contact you, keep in touch with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm always open and receptive to emails. If anyone wants to ever email me for anything, my email is contact at gatawalsano.com. All my handles are at gatawalsano. Can you spell your last name for people? C-A-T-A-B-A-L-Z like zebra, A-N-O. And uh, I answer every single person's direct message, especially if it's career related, if they need a piece of advice, if they have a question. There's someone here who we literally met because she reached out to me one day. And that is how I am willing, because I also remember when I would reach out to people and they wouldn't respond. So I answer everyone. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you, so everyone. Much. Thank you, audience, being
0: here
1: and everyone for listening. Um, we are
0: everywhere at Girls Gone Boss. If you want to reach out to us, boss at gmail.com. Thank you again for listening. And thank you to Time Out Market once again for hosting us. Thank you. Woo! Thank More you. For everyone. Woo! You're listening to Girls Gone
2: Boss, hosted by Alex and Gabby. I love you guys. Oh, yeah.